Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast episode 109 we are recording on sunday december 9th 2018 uh we are back after a week hiatus um had some had some things going on my birthday week was last week so i was hanging around with friends and family on sunday short notice so we had to reschedule the show so we are back to talk bruins lots to talk about we have a huge list of uh things to discuss um, but, uh, to take care of some, uh, website maintenance first, uh, holidays are coming around the corner real fast guys. And if you need anything sports related for your kid, yourself, or, or any family member, uh, please go to blackandgoldhockey.com, click on the fanatics banner to the right and, and, and do your shopping. They, you can click on that link and go anywhere and pick any sport. So we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, also, um, we'd. Do have our rewards program for our Patreon members. If you'd like to be uh, on that, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Donate a buck per show, $4 per month max. And it really helps us cut the cost of, uh, of operating the show and the website. And, uh, and with that, I want to introduce the panel. Uh, we have Rob in the UK and my friend Court in Canada. How are you guys doing? How oh, are you good. doing? 
all good. After yeah. that game last night, very good. Yeah. Exceptional win against a very, very good team. Um, yeah. It's, Almost it's... would say like a team toughness win. I don't know. It looked yeah. really tough to me out there. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, a six to three win without a tough guy is is it's amazing. <laughs> but it, it was almost like you know Wagner made a big hit and stood up and like did exactly what the coach said they needed to do to win hockey games, not what certain media, uh, Boston Bruins media, are saying to do win hockey games because all that does is turn you into the LA Kings out of the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on, people. The LA Kings are exactly what certain members of this media are saying they need to do, and the LA Kings are an embarrassment right now. They're a big, slow hockey club that all they can do is beat people up, but they can't catch them to do so. Absolutely. Unfortunately, but I had a great time because, uh, of course, we beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're yes. like my Habs. Yes. I hate them more than anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's just jump right in and talk about the uh, last week's games. Um, it was a very unfortunate 5 to nothing loss. I don't even think the Bruins showed up, just like the Florida Panthers – fans on Tuesday, December 4th, on my birthday. So it figures they would lose. Um, and, uh, and and it seemed like the message got a little thrown out there from uh, from Coach Cassidy because the, the next game on Thursday, December 6th, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, it seemed like they, they really put forth a better effort than they did uh, against the uh, the Panthers. But the uh, the Florida trip, kind of sucked uh they go 0-2 um but have a day of rest on friday and and last night uh december 8th um a big win against the toronto maple leafs and and sets the tone for the upcoming week which is is not going to be easy but it, it has potential to get some more points because um uh, the Bruins sit at the first wild card position with 34 points, and they're only trailing Buffalo by by four points for that third in the Atlantic. So uh, now, got... is it is it bad that maybe they want the wild card? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, though. You know, it's I mean that you're in the picture of the playoffs. I, I I don't understand the whole fan freakout right now, but I mean I could definitely see if they were sitting in New, in New Jersey or Philadelphia land at the bottom of the the conference. But I don't know. I'm I'm pretty happy with what I'm seeing so far, except for you know games like you know against the Florida Panthers. Like I asked someone that was in the know a couple weeks ago, and they specifically um, said to me uh, they don't look that far away. Um, and it's it's it is what it is. You play whoever you got to play because you're gonna have to beat them eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I think I wouldn't mind seeing Tampa in the first round. Ah, oh, Rob, get it out of the way, right? Get it out of the way. <laughs> you don't want to go into the second round injured and beaten up, and then get Tampa. Like, I'd rather just get them out of the way first, and then move on to the Leafs and just embarrass them. Okay, Hopefully can we just not have to scores. play the Leafs? <laughs> Why? Well, I want to. Uh, yeah, well, you don't live here, so. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but you get four, like, at least four games where you get to sit there with your friends in your house and you can just laugh at them. <laughs> no, I don't, because usually it's the other way around in the regular season. That's what's scaring me. They, I had, I used to be able to say to them, hey, you know what? It, you're going to go to get uh, dummy by us because we always beat you. You beat us in the regular season, but we beat you in the playoffs. It's now the we're beating them in the regular season. I don't like that. It's a, 
But there was a stat I put out today about uh, a certain goaltender on the Toronto Maple Leafs that at the beginning of the year, the, the whole faithful thought that he was, was going to win the Vezina, um, where in his last couple games, oh, man, he's I... been absolutely brutal against the, uh, the, the Boston Bruins. Yeah, Anderson's I... been a joke. I got those numbers if you don't have them right on Yeah, I can't find them. I'm trying. He is 1-4-0 and a a 5.29 goals against average, a .857 save percentage in his last six starts at TD Garden, and that's including playoffs. Rough. Yeah, so you go out and get that high-profile center in John Tavares and you don't address the need at defense and goaltender. That's a great plan. I don't think it's the. Uh, I don't think it's goaltending goal as, as much yeah. as, as defense. Yeah, it it's got to be their defense core is just ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculously crap. By the way, no. Yeah, they, like so. I understand that they're ahead of us, all that kind of great stuff. Because you know what? Right now, their forward core is better than ours. Yeah, sure. Far enough. But there's can't Morgan there's Riley. There's thirty is, teams that have a better forward core than we do right now. Morgan Riley is a very good defenseman, but he's all they have. They yeah. need more Morgan Riley. Is there another team out there that has as many injuries as the Bruins has? Because oh, I don't think there is. Anaheim, maybe? Possibly. Even there, though. Like, they've still got most of their main guys. Like, they might have lost a few guys, but they've not lost that many. Like, we, Jesus Christ, the amount of guys out on this team Watch is just language. ridiculous. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to mass today, so it's fine. <laughs> that that's for on holiday, but still. Uh, t- to wrap up the uh, the upcoming week schedule, we got Ottawa today uh, at five o'clock, Arizona at home uh, on Tuesday, the December 11th. I, I hope and to be in the house. Uh, Ottawa and... lost Matthew Shane. Oh, no kidding. And yes. R- round. Sorry, up... Mark's big name. Sorry. No. Sorry. And rounding out the week is uh, Pittsburgh on Friday on the road. So uh, there's, there's points to be had this week. Um, and that Tuesday game against the Car- uh, Coyotes, I hope to uh, be in the house because I got news on Friday that um, I'll be a, a regular at the uh, TD Garden covering the Bruins game. So I, I'm getting my press credentials through another website, but um, I'll take whatever I can get. Um, You're gonna be in the house, eh? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm. All of a sudden, Mark became Canadian. <laughs> well, I, I was I expecting hockey, you right? to say it, but I just. Well, yeah, it's your sport, so why not? <laughs> oh, I just. Yeah, I just lost followers. I just heard that. It's happen. okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're just being honest. Well, yeah, it's a Canadian game. We call it the Canadian hey, game. Listener over here. of the show, Dan, uh, Dan Bro, he's now going to be moving to England, so uh, maybe you can uh, play hockey with him. Oh, yes, very well. I know yes. the UK is a big place, but still. Yep. Yeah, but uh, I'm not playing hockey at the moment, so I can't play hockey at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I have a knee that's holding on by like one tiny strand, so yeah, Ouch. best not to play. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped for this opportunity and uh, and have to say thanks to my friend Kevin for for hooking it up because this is uh, I, I've always had uh, a a foot in the door, but this is a big leap for me personally and, and the website. So I'm going to be sharing duties with 
Um, Liz Rizzo, she's a writer at the blackandgoldhockey.com website. Um, and so we're going to, we're going to, we put together a schedule for this month on games that we can cover and ones we can't. So we're going to be shifting back and forth. I'm coming in March. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we have, uh, exclusive rights to the video and audio that I'll be taking for Kevin and his website, uh, bostonsportsdesk.com. Uh, give him a follow. Uh, so yeah, we'll be able to use everything. I, that was one of the, uh, the contingencies that I had with with this. Is um, you know I'll be doing this stuff for you, or can I use the stuff for the podcast and website? And he's like, do whatever you want. So that really, that's what really sold me. His, his YouTube channel for people that don't follow is probably the only one that I have seen that actually shows consistently um Bruins uh locker room interviews yes for some reason I don't know what it is the Boston Bruins always trying to be like the media savvy they have nothing social media presence on YouTube or anything like that where the big stuff YouTube is huge oh absolutely they have zero presence and and that's what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be going in and doing video and and getting the audio and then what I'll upload it to his um his channel so it'll be really fast on my train ride home. That's all I'm going to be doing is just uploading videos. So I'm looking forward to the, the experience. Uh, finally get to, get to hang out with Rhonda, Matt, and, 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 and others in the, uh, in the press Mick. box. And Mick. Miss, yeah. Yeah. I'm Mr. So, Haggerty. Yeah. I'm oh. no, 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 I want to hang out with him. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity and, um, and hopefully he, he thinks the team is soft and wants to trade Tuca. He just goes for clicks. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, w- what is unfortunate about this Bruins team is the injury list, and it's and it seems to get bigger as we go on through the season. Um, with the the latest um, is uh, Jake DeBrusque. Courtesy of his own player's puck in the back of his head. Not a hit. Yeah, so that that's what it was. I wasn't quite sure if that was it. because 100%. So, um, going to T, uh, TSN and looking at the injury list, uh, Yaro Vekanainen is still out with a concussion. Zeno Chara left MCL injury. Patrice Bergeron, I'm not even going to try to say that because I'm bad with words. He's got a shoulder. Broken collarbone, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a sturm. But he looked like he was, you know, he's been skating. You know that report from a certain webpage that calls themselves a a report or whatever they want to call it. Um. There's he's not getting season-ending surgery just yet. So yeah, that was ridiculous. Chill out. Jesus, man. That's just asking for clicks. Kevin Miller is still out with a throat injury, and and the latest is uh, Jake DeBrusque is day to day, and they have him listed as an illness. It's I. It's the puck to the back of the head. Okay, so that is the uh, an update of what's going on. Um, There's no other explanation. He's the, Cassidy's words just tell you right there when he was like, he just he's not feeling all right. If you go back, that was the same thing he said about uh, McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully these these players get back healthy. This is a really good time of the year to get players back and, and try to make a run um, towards the end of the season. I, I still feel that this Bruins team can can put together, you know, a decent amount of games to um, to, to at least break the threshold of the playoffs this year and, and, and hopefully, you know, 
exemplify what happened last last year, uh, a second round appearance. But it all remains to be seen. But still early. I'm not freaking out. I haven't done it this year at all, so um, that, that's good on the stress level. But um, the uh, the Bruins claim. Uh, what's his name? Is it Gemmel? Jamel. Jamel. Jamel Smith off the waiver wire. Dallas Stars uh, dropped him I, I, with the intentions of him going to Texas of the American Hockey League um, because I, I believe in the research that I've done is Martin Havlat is, is coming back to the lineup or, or already returned and a spot needed to be made. So uh, Smith was unfortunately put on waivers and, and the Bruins came calling. Now, this is... This can go so many ways with so many fans, but it, it, it seems to me that there's uh, a big issue of toughness on this Boston Bruins team, uh, as mentioned by certain members of the Boston media um, and, and fans. Uh, does this address that need for toughness with, with, with this uh, acquisition of, um, of Smith off the waiver wire? Um, no, I... I don't think it was for the toughness. I think it's more for the fact that he's a fast skater, uses his body, can protect the puck more like more along those lines. I think it's just a cheap thing that they can maybe try out with Debrusque and Krejci and see if it catches. If it doesn't, he's a free player. Like they paid nothing for him, so I, that's what I honestly think it is. I don't think it's anything to do with toughness. Yeah, I don't think he's a tough. Like, there's a you, you look at the one YouTube video. There is a fight that you see. I thought he was. Um, sorry, I shouldn't use the word toughness in fighting in the same sentence. I apologize. Um, Bruce Cassidy made that clear in a press conference earlier this week. Those are two separate things. Um, he's good in the corners. He was strong on his skates, and it looked like he had a low center of gravity for guys to even push him around. So, if he's going to be that energy guy in the fourth line, I'm all for it. Yeah, like. He didn't yeah. look bad out there. No, he didn't at all. He didn't look out of place at all. Um, and the fans in Dallas supposedly loved him and were very disappointed that he was leaving. It's almost, it's almost like the fans, some of the fans here in Boston, how they continue to cry and lament over the loss of Adam McQuaid yeah. when the New York Rangers are trying to trade him too now. So, um, <laughs> did anyone also see the interview where he talks about the fact that his brother is a massive Bruins fan? Yeah, uh, he's a massive he, Red Wings fan. yeah, massive Red Wings fan, and his brother plays for the Red Wings, and he yeah. plays for the Bruins. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so <laughs> he's a good old he, Mississauga boy. Yeah, he's he's, he's a Toronto boy that doesn't like uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Go figure. I, <laughs> I feel like I, I I feel some similarities with him, but uh, he looked all right out there. This team played great. Like I, I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago, and I, I asked I asked him about toughness. And he said to me that uh, there's no real tough teams out there. Whoever tells you this just doesn't exist. Toughness is going in the corners, mucking it up, finishing your check. It's not dropping the gloves. You drop the gloves when it's needed to because that's part of the game. Someone runs your goalie, you better let them know. Yeah, like that's absolutely. just someone runs one of your players from behind, you better let them know. Like as much Grizz. as I harp on Grizz, it was fantastic <laughs> to see what he did. It was, but. Yeah. That's when you do it. You don't just have a fight for the sake of fighting. Like, look at Kadri. He tried to rile his team up by getting his face pummeled in by Brandon Carlo. Now, it was awesome for all my friends. Like, oh, Carlo's picking on Kadri. I'm like, 
you guys know that Car- Carlo's not a fighter. So, okay. Um, that team played. Wagner's hit. Clean hits. Finishing your checks. What Bacchus was doing out there. That's the stuff that is toughness. Not going out there and dropping your gloves. If you want to have that stuff, just watch MMAs. Like, like I don't understand. I want to watch hockey. Finishing your check. I don't want to see stick checks. I want to see body checks. And we'll just go support the gladiators in the ECHL. If you want fighting, there's plenty there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, definitely follow Chris Green, writer of the black and gold hockey.com website. He, uh, he covers the Atlanta gladiators, the, uh, AAA affiliate of the Boston Bruins. So he's got all those videos involved in his, in his work. So, but that is like a trip back to the past watching an ECHL game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and, and the whole the whole thing when 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 Smith was acquired via the waiver wire, uh, a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Finally, that we have an enforcer." Uh, and 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 I just I kind of went into his stats and looked it up. And in Far seven, from it. In su- yeah, exactly. In seventy seven career NHL games, Smith is uh has got thirty eight penalty minutes. So, and I, I'm not totally sure which of any of those minutes were fighting majors, but. It's not a lot for 38 minutes. So that, that's not the guy that they got here. And, 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 and on to you know, follow along what Rob said, he's an energy guy. He's fast. He's on the forecheck. He's got pretty decent numbers for, for that type of role in, in, in his short NHL career. So, and then in the game last night, I thought he didn't look out of place at all. Really good forechecking. That's, that's, that's a huge – that's a big part of the game is – is uh, stepping off the ice and getting in the face of uh, the opposing player. So, I yeah, like and I, I think he'll stick with the team. I really do, and I hope they use him for what he is. Because the thing with Dallas is, a lot of people are saying that he wasn't being used in the right way, uh, and that was one of the reasons fans were a bit disappointed with seeing him leave. Was they thought he was more of a third line power forward type of guy but he was getting used on the uh, fourth line a lot so who knows with Bacchus being dropped down to the fourth line when the team was healthy who knows if he'll get shot on the third he can play up and down the lineup he said that and and yeah and he's versatile and on both on both wings and and center so I mean he, he could definitely be moved around um Especially on the fly during the game, if there's a if there's a, an energy spark that needs to happen, he can definitely jump up to the third or second line, if needed. So, um, what about the McAvoy hit last night uh, in the game against Toronto? Uh, for me, a uh, really late hit, and uh, to a, to a kid that's um, just off to a really tough start to his career. Uh, when it comes to injuries, um, Court, you had a a report that said that he's he's going to be fine, correct? Well, not a report. He was cleared by the NHL to come back. So for a player to come back on the bench like he did means he went through concussion protocol, like the quick check, and he was fine to come back out. Okay. So there have been zero reports. I asked two people that we all on the show know um, before the show started if he was all right. And neither one of them said they had any news that he wasn't playing today. Uh, that's that's good. Um, so to me, that means, first off, the NHL would not have allowed him to even be on the bench, let alone be on the ice to go out there as a third star. If he had a concussion, 
he would not have been there. Right. But that's not to say he wakes up and doesn't feel well. It's just the NHL cleared him to be back on the bench. People need to understand a player is when it involves a concussion. It's not like a Bergeron thing where he comes back in when he's hurt. When a player has concussion, they would not be allowed back on the bench. Right. There's yeah. a whole checklist and a whole thing. The NHL legally could not let him back out there. Didn't he practice this morning with the team as well? I'm not sure. Was there a practice this morning? I'm trying to find information. Yeah, I'm I, not sure. I saw lines on Twitter whether that was the lines for practice against the Maple Leafs. I'll I'm check. not sure. I'll check. But uh, while court checks, there's what no about, practice. <clears throat> what about the hit, though? I mean, is 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 there it was a, late? Yeah, it was late. Is, I mean, is there a, should there be a call from NHL player safety about this? No. Or, or 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 and to add another question, what about the Wagner hit? I I don't think there's going to be a call on it. It was, from what I saw, it was the NHL definition of a like an all right hit is 0.6 seconds, and this was at one second dead on. That's from Billy Jaffe on Twitter, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, he said it was at one second exactly. Um, and then I, I don't think he intended to like smash him into the boards or anything. Oh. I, I, I don't think he did. Like, I don't think he knew he was going to come off his feet. Like, because it looked like he got lifted up a bit. And that's why he went head first. But I, I don't believe it was a malice hit, like an attempt to injure. So right. I don't think it will get, I don't think it will go to Toronto. I'm not too sure. Chris Johnson from Sportsnet reported last night that the NHL would be reviewing this. Oh. 100%. Now, that doesn't mean that NHL player safety is going to do anything about it. Reviewing something and all, and all that is, is two different things. Yeah, it's a process. It, exactly. So I'm not too sure what's going to happen with this whole situation. All I know is it was a late hit, and I do think 100% it was retaliation for McAvoy's questionable hit on Marner, which I can't find video of, and I don't remember, but everybody keeps referencing it in the Toronto media this morning. This questionable hit. It's funny. I tried to watch the the game on the highlights again just to see all these hits. You know, the NHL puts it all out on YouTube. Not one hit or fight was on there. It's like they don't want anybody to know there's body checking or fighting in the league. (laughs) So, all I think, I think he 100% knew what he was doing. There was way too much time. I played hockey way too long to to look at something like that where he goes out of his way to do what he did. He knew what he was doing. When a player finishes a check like like Wagner, they usually look at the guy. They follow through their their head. Look at the head movement. Hyman was already looking away because he knew what he did and he was just trying to get away so no one would see what he did. Yeah. Well, he knew what he was doing. He was going after him. made sure he didn't get away. So Exactly, but he was going after him for what happened to Marner earlier, and he wanted to, instead of being like a hockey player and dropping the mitts, he instead was a rat and took a dirty hit. That's what he did. And all I saw on Twitter yesterday before the game was everyone saying, watch out for Brad Marchand, watch out for Brad Marchand. <laughs> and then, oh, they, they, they got a hard-on for that guy out here in Toronto. Yeah. And anything, then anything the team does, it's all Marchand. Cardri and Hyman were worse than any player on the Bruins last night. So, well, mind you, you expect it from Cardri. I think we, I think Cardri is like our version of Marchand when we play against them. Yeah, 
Um, what about this next topic is probably one that's not going to go away, but um, we're going to talk about it, and, and it's a lack of scoring. Uh, to We need games like last night. We need, I mean, I'm not saying you put up six every night, but it, it has to be from committee, and it has to be up and down the lineup. This team needs to score goals to win. Just in case the goaltending, in my opinion, has a little falter, you need that those forward and defensemen to, to, to create things offensively to to kind of you know close the gap and and win these games. But um, it's got to be it's got to be more down the middle. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, is, is it time to address a certain need when it comes to scoring via trade or call up or? Because I don't see it in the in the minor system right now. I see good potential, but I don't. I don't. Nothing cries out to me that this guy needs to be called up and and inserted into the lineup. I honestly think it's either going to end up being a trade, and it's going to end up being one that splits the fans. I think it'll be one of them where someone who is a fan favorite goes. Not one of the core guys, but I mean like a young prospect. Um, but the thing is, like I was saying to you guys before, like why, like you don't need need to address the third line centre unless you're expecting to win the cup this season because Jackson Nika looks like he's like destined for that role next year. Um, like what else do you need to address? Second line right wing. Uh, and I think that's it. I think I'd rather they traded for a defenseman at the moment than they trade for a scorer, to be honest. You want a defenseman? Not like a big name defenseman, but someone who what could they need like, for? be the seventh guy that is not Camper. But the seventh guy when everybody's healthy at the beginning of the season would have been Grizz, believe it or not. Yeah, true. So... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that way now. I, I think it's going to be a very tough call for uh, for Cassidy because Moore has played well. The defense, like the scoring on this team, like nothing's going to happen in December. Like if we think there's trade going to happen at Christmas time, we're we're obviously uh, doing some math or something like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just, it's going to be like it, January, it needs to be addressed. February. Even if Bergeron was still in the lineup, scoring has been a problem. Now Heining getting off the Schneid last night and, and potting one in, beauty goal was fantastic confidence builder. I'm hoping it comes somewhere and the confidence keeps going because the certain guys that needed to get on off the schneid last night did. You had Baca scoring, you had Krug, Krug scoring, you had Heinen scoring. The right people scored. JFK scoring. Yeah, that, Hein- that Heinen goal was an 11-game drought, by the way. Yeah, and it was a fantastic goal. There was a certain reporter that called it luck, but, uh, <laughs> well, way to go, buddy. Um, <laughs> it was a fantastic goal. Um but uh, it just it makes no sense to me sometimes. The scoring is sh- such an issue right now, and it needs to be addressed on that second line. A third line center is is not it's needed, but I really think that that right winger on that second line needs to be addressed. I'm hoping this DeBrus thing is is not a concussion that takes about a long time because uh, those two guys, Bergeron and DeBrus, get the lineup can can cripple this hockey club. All right. The only thing is, you have to bring in a guy who either has term left or RFA. Like, that's the only way I see them doing the second line right wing. Yeah, you can't do it for a rental. 
Yeah, because and it's got to be a guy who's not going to cost a lot. Yeah, please, Wayne Simmons. No, I I know people love him. No, 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 no. I'm off. But the a guy like too. like if you look at like there's Columbus with a guy like Oliver Bjorkstrand. I know they're not going to get rid of him, but that is the type of guy you want. Young, you want a bit of term left. I'd even go for uh, Cam Atkinson. Well, yeah, yeah, but he's. I don't know how long he's got left, but I'm pretty sure he got quite a big contract last time he signed. Like five mil, was it? Babyface Cam? Yeah. He looks like he's 12. <laughs> yeah, and he's like 28. I think he's the same age as me, so, yeah. You're so young, eh? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like but I'm 29 kid. now, so I'm forgetting about that. I'm forgetting I'm aging. Does your mommy let you go out at night? I don't live with my mommy, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> So young, like I, I forget what twenty nine's like feels like. Yeah, Jesus. Atkinson's locked up for this season and six more. So yeah, it's probably not, not a good thing. But he does. I mean, he would definitely address that right wing uh, need, and he can can put the puck in the net. And he's uh, twenty nine. So yeah, I'll, I'll take anybody at this point. I just, just somebody that can score in that position. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Um, but you need someone who can play the slow style game because that's Krejci's game. He doesn't play the fast style. Mind you, Krejci so, looked finally good on that line last night. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's one of the topics in the agenda right now. Is uh, Krejci moves up to that first line between Marshan and Pasternak, and you know addresses the 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 need that a lot of people said that Pasternak should be dropped down to the second line to join Krejci. Um, and I thought they looked good. I thought it was it was. Well orchestrated move by by Butch to uh, to bring that up. I mean, it was just a matter of time before because I don't think Kobe Cave is 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 the. I mean, although he, I thought he did pretty decent for you know a player with limited uh, NHL experience, but you know having Krejci up on that first line, I, I thought it complemented the uh, the the two wingers quite well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the guys are absolute beast when he actually gets like a chance to be like a bit flashy like he's got to be that responsible center at the moment with Bergeron out he's got to be like who else do you have at center that isn't like under the age of 24 oh. it's, it's ridiculous like I think the only other one is Achari uh, no even Achari's not playing center so I mean Everyone is under the age of 24, bar Krejci, so he has to be that reliable, shut-down type of sentiment. And when he gets that role as a first-line centre, he obviously shows it. So I, I honestly think they'll stick with that uh, tonight. I think that's the lines that they'll roll out until the back, and we don't know how long that is, so, yeah. I'm surprised, like guys like Heinen or Donato haven't had a chance at centre, but it must be they must not play the right style for Castle. But that kid line is playing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. I, I, I don't, I, I don't see Donato being a centre right now. I, he possibly I don't see Donato being a Bruin. But... Yeah, well, that re, you know that remains to be seen too. I mean, he he's a very, you know, tasty. You leverage. need that right winger. He's that guy. Yeah, Him you know, he's, he's a, he could be a leverage piece in a trade. So, yeah, and he's looked a hell of a lot better since he came back from the AHL. 
Like I know we we all like Grizz. I think he's he's a phenomenal defenseman. I just look at the depth chart and I look at what's available. People, I, I love when I put it out there and the first thing people are like, but Krug. I think Grizz is more valuable in a trade than Krug right now. Krug yes. has an expiring contract that's going to cost a lot more, and Grizz right now is on a team. For, it's he's on a great contract. Yeah. What team wouldn't want him? I, I'm sorry, he's the easier guy to take. I mean. Pittsburgh are looking for that puck moving defenseman. I know. I take that in a heartbeat. And they traded uh, for Marcus Pettersson from Anaheim, and he doesn't look ready. So, I mean, what do you like? What do you do? Because it's not going to just be Grizz straight up for um, Kessel. Like, there's no way that they're going to take that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not happening. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, with the way that his value is right now, it's a lot more than a lot of people would think it is. Like, it's probably half of what Kessel is because of his contract as well. So, 100%. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick Godin of uh, uh, Bruins Diehards, the podcast, um, mentioned something like that. Uh, would, the, uh, would the fans accept a... a, a a trade for Kessel and bring him back to Boston. I, I, I said all for it, but realistically, I don't think it's going to happen just because of the history that Phil, the thrill had in Boston. Um, oh, because the fan base treated him like a ex- pile of garbage. Right. Right. And it almost seems like when he left Boston to Toronto and then to Pittsburgh, it almost seems like the, 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 relationship between player and organization was never really good wherever he goes. I mean, he played well. That's, that's a, that's a given, but off the ice, um, you know, quiet kid, all the quiet kids are always the ones that get all the trash, but doesn't he have no trade clothes? He, he possibly does. Because if it's up to him, whether to come to Boston, I'm pretty much guaranteeing he says no. He just, I agree. He just seems to me like the kind of player that wants to like go to different places. And I'm not sure if he'd entertain. Uh, and win Stanley Cups. Yeah. And yeah. be the leading scorer on their team even when Crosby's there. It's just crazy that he's gone from that guy in Toronto that was like half of the fans hated him, half of the fans loved him. And then oh, no, I'd say, I'd say 80% hated him. Yeah, and then he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion in the what three years that he's been with Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> I I would take him in a heartbeat because I think he's a lot better player than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a yeah. great. But it's it's five point six million for the next two seasons. I think it is friendly. So it's a pretty friendly it, deal. It is, but then you've got to remember you're re-signing Mac, Carlo, Heinen. Who else? There's like seven contracts coming oh, up. Yeah, there's a lot. Five point six is a lot. A lot. Yeah, he Kessel is six point eight million for the next three full seasons. So. Um, yeah, because Toronto have some retained salary, don't they? Yeah, from the deal. So, hmm. or he could be that that uh, the next captain of the expansion Seattle team. I don't think he's going to be a captain. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think that is the kind of guy that is a captain 
that was a, that was a terrible segue <laughs> by the way <laughs> yeah um, um that, like the main thing that i am wondering about this seattle team is what the hell is the name going to be because some 12 year old kid owns the rights to the uh what was it seattle the old seattle team name oh the millionaires yeah he owns the rights to the seattle millionaires hey um some <laughs> weird like i think he's Chinese or Japanese kid or half Japanese, someone was saying, bought the rights to it when no one was talking about Seattle being a franchise team. Clever guy. <laughs> you guys have um, any grievance uh, that Quebec City is not getting a team? No. I'm not either. A lot of- <laughs> that was way too quick. I don't personally care. It, it didn't work there. I'm not a fan of going back to cities where the team originally didn't work, like when they went back to Atlanta. Um, Winnipeg. Well, Winnipeg's, Winnipeg's, Winnipeg, I would like another Canadian team because no offense and I could lose listeners or whatever. We like the game more and we treat it with more respect than some of the people in, in the United States. Not all. I think Boston's a great hockey town, but Jesus, Florida, also have a Carolina, even Carolina has a great thing going on with that season, but geez, the fan base is, uh, it's not there. The, weird the thing is, Seattle have a massive fan base, though, like yeah, sports-wise. But, Rob, half their fan base is going to come from Canada. True. And they're going to count on that. Buffalo half of their Sabres, fan base is going to come Sabres, from... Buffalo Sabres, the reason why Toronto hasn't got another hockey club, because if they did, the Buffalo Sabres would lose half their fan bases because so many people from the Toronto area go to games in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean... The thing is, they're going to gain a lot of support anyway because anyone that is a franchise, like new franchise coming in after the Golden Knights thing is going to gain so many followers. Yeah, and, and with this new franchise coming into the into the league, uh, and I believe it's going to happen a, a one year before the uh, projected lockout, um, it was, who do you think is going to be exposed uh, under contract on this Boston Bruins team to, to facilitate uh, going to Seattle. And, and another thing that I found interesting was Brian Burke, is, is, he's a smart guy, but sometimes he makes some really dumb, you know, sayings. Like, he wished that two teams would have came into the league at the same time with Seattle. And if they were to do that... You double up on the expansion draft and risk losing even more. Some teams could risk losing a lot um, when they have to, like you know, be, have players be available. I, I didn't, I didn't understand what he was going through with that. But uh, well, because if so, if team got reactive and started training trading people just so because they're not going to lose them anyways, they're going to lose somebody. So then people are. This whole thing people are saying about how you're going to lose the person anyway, so you might as well just lose that person. I don't think it's true at all. You're going to be saving. You can have a player that's taken that's not that big of a deal, but if you look at the Boston Bruins' defense right now, there's going to be an odd man out. You yeah. can't pick who these people are. I know uh, 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 the, the Athletic posted an article about it, but it's so many years away. You don't even know who's going to still be on this roster. Yeah. You can guess McAvoy and McAvoy's still going to be here. Back and I will still be on an entry level, so you won't have to protect him. And the only reason it's happening in that year, because 100%, the NHL has pretty much said, by the way, we're having a strike. Um, 
because the rink is going to be ready the year before. So why isn't the team going to be there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only person I could see right now, and I'm not trying to hate on the player, is David Backus. And, and when, when, when it happens, it'll be his last year of, uh, with, with the Bruins on the contract. So. Yeah, I, I could see the Bruins giving Seattle something to take David Backus. Because I don't think they'd honestly choose to take David Backus. Because the guy's going to be two years older. That's even if he's playing. Like, the guy might retire by then. Right. Um, like, I, it's just so difficult to tell. But, I mean, so many teams traded to get rid of guys. Maybe you trade to get rid of whatever goaltender's playing at the time. Maybe you go with a young goaltender and then just say, look, that's the guy we want you to take. I mean, I'd bring uh, McIntyre in and just say, right, that's the guy we want you to take. Yeah. Take him. And he and McIntyre would probably have a better chance at an NHL career elsewhere. Not saying, yeah. not saying he's, he's a bad goalie or anything like that. It's just that, you know, when you look at the depth chart, he just doesn't fit in it. So, he, But he might fit uh, very nicely somewhere else. Well, anything yeah, can I happen because, think... I mean, William Carlson got traded, like chose to be traded. Um... No, I understand that. But why would the – we're saying Bacchus, but, okay, if the defense is still the defense, then they're going to take Kruger Grizz. Yeah. They're not going to take backers. Why would they take backers? They'd be stupid to take back, especially when his contract expires at the end of the following year. Yeah. So if you're the Boston Bruins, he doesn't get taken in the expansion draft, you buy him out. Yeah. His buyout is nothing. But you're right now, if you're the Boston Bruins, that expansion draft, once again, you're worried about your defense. Your forwards are fine. Yeah. You're worried about your defense because that's where they're going to come at you. Yvakanainen, who doesn't have to be protected. So if it happened, if the defense stayed the same it is right now, you would have to protect Krug, John Moore. Like, these are the guys that would have to be protected. Like, I'm not saying these are the guys you protect. You'd have to protect Grizz, Krug, John Moore, Carlo, McAvoy. You only can protect three of them. Yeah. Char won't be here. So I can, I can safely say Char won't be here. But out of those guys, you can only protect three. So... You're going to have to trade one of them and hope that Lozon and Vakaninen, which I don't see being a problem, can step in and be that guy. Yeah. Hence, I'll beat it till I'm blue in the face. You trade Krug at the draft, and maybe you still trade Grizz anyways. I, am, sure. I for one, now have no longer want hometown boys. If they're from here, don't don't play here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that too. Like the whole Charlie Coyle uh, experiment or, or theory. He's from here. I just don't want to see it ever again. It's like, for some reason, these certain hometown boys either get vilified or no matter what they do, they get little pats on the back like, it'll be okay. No big deal. Right. Just a mistake. Um, uh, pats on the back. I mean, that's another great segue, uh, Court. I want to talk about patting Don Sweeney on the back and if it's deserved. Um, there's a lot of people that are, are real angry with... Uh, with him and, and not doing anything at all, but manage, but manage this team. Um, people are saying trade, 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 you know, they just want to see trade for the sake of trade. And I, I'm not, I'm not for that, but what I'm concerned with, and, and I'm not, I'm not knocking Sweeney at all, but what I want to 
what I wanted to talk about was what happened in Philadelphia with Ron Hextall. And, and it kind of made me think, and I was listening to a podcast at work, and it happened to be, I think it was BSH Radio, uh, and they were talking about, you know, the, the Hextall built up the, the, the developing core to one of the best in the league. They are highly ranked. Those kids down in the developmental systems in that organization are really good, and he, and he did a good job doing it. So, and in my opinion, so did Don Sweeney. He built up a developing core that people are frustrated that they haven't seen NHL time yet since leaving the podium in 2015. But my thing is, is he managed, I mean, ownership were the ones that were pressuring Ron Hextall to make deals with the assets that they have. Do you guys seem to think, and I know it's, it, it's closed doors, we don't know everything, but I just want to get a feeling. Do you guys get a feeling that ownership is possibly doing the same thing? Like Cam Neely saying, Don, we really need to do something here. You have to give up assets. And if he doesn't do give up those assets and make a deal soon, is his job on the line? Um, I don't think he is. Uh, I don't think he's going to get sacked. The, the thing with Hextall was, I think mainly it was the fact that he just kept buying cheap on goaltending and yep. that was the thing that absolutely killed them because they have all the forward talent and defensive talent they need they just don't have goaltending and i think they've waited too long on Carter Hart. yeah they wanted to bring um, him up this year and and he said no he needs he needs work and obviously if you look at his ahl record and his numbers he does yeah um and you can't expose a guy like that to the nhl and then make him be scared of everything when he does come up. Um, Goaltending is a lot different to forwards. If a forward makes a mistake, you've got a lot of defensemen behind you and a goaltender. If a goaltender makes a mistake, that's it. Over. Like, a goal's going in. So, I I think maybe he was just wasn't liked in in the organisation. I mean... Sweeney's done everything correctly. He's drafted correctly. He's brought in guys correctly. I mean, if you don't say that John Moore and Yaroslav Halak are great signings this season, then go support a different type of sport because you're wrong. Like, he's brought in guys that he needed to. He just didn't know that six of his defensemen are going to get injured. The guys that he brings up are going to get injured. And your number one centre in Patrice Bergeron is going to get injured. What are you meant to do? Right. And you have a cap space to be able to do these things. And you can't just go out there and be like, right, we're going to fill up the cap completely. Everyone wants one-year deals, which isn't true, because everyone wants like five, six, seven years at the moment. It's just not going to happen. And you can't make a trade just for the sake of making a trade, because that's how you lose your job. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's always said, and the Bruins have always said, patience is the key with this retool, and it's working. I mean, they're playing half an AHL team out there on forward and on defense. The only thing that's NHL caliber is the goaltender at the moment, and that wasn't even NHL caliber at the beginning of the season. So... It's just a struggling time. They've just got to work through it, wait till the guys are back healthy, and 
and then address what you desperately need, which is a second line right winger, like we've been saying. That's the only thing in this organization that really needs addressing. Yeah, well, my whole thing is GM should get a five-year life lifespan, right? To prove that they should keep their job. Um, and I think next year's year five, am I right? Mm-hmm. After next season. So I think he'd get a pass this year, but they don't make it past the second round next year. He's no longer has a job. They're, they're giving him that five years. He came in, he did his thing, he traded some guys, he got rid of Luch. He got rid of, so he's got rid of, Lucic, McQuaid. He's made some bad trades, actually. Like his trading has been terrible. So maybe he's not trying to be in reactive trades and make these trades because every time it works out, they don't work out for him. Right. He's made Zach, some doozies. Zach Granello. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I.e. Zach. Jimmy Hayes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, to be honest, Jimmy Hayes was actually an all right trade because they got rid of the marks of our contract. Yeah. So that wasn't too Fair. bad because you Fair. drop five million. But you brought back space. a Boston kid that didn't oh, prove. Yeah, but for a million. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Like people who keep saying Kevin Hayes, like I get it, but why would he want to come here? Why would his family let him come here? Yeah, his brother it's was not treated up like to a him though, dirt because he doesn't have a no trade clause. It goal, is up so. to him though. Play, yeah, but if you get traded here, you just feel so like what? you can't just go. Yeah, I don't want to be here. So why would any team trade for a guy that doesn't want to be here? Yeah. I, I get that, but at the same time, it's not in his hands whether he comes here or not. But if he came here, he wouldn't play the way he did in New York because he doesn't want to be here. But did, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, so it's hard to say what Sweeney has tried or tried not to do. But my whole thing is by next year, if he doesn't make the second round of playoffs, he's gone. Yeah. Yep. That's the only thing I can judge. I, I can only judge on what happens on the ice. I can't say whether he tried to bring in this guy or tried to bring in that guy because we don't know that answer. But I, if I look at the on-ice product right now, it's better than it was under Peter Chiarelli. And what Peter Chiarelli has done to Edmonton shows the management, the ownership, how smart they were by firing that guy's ass. Because He has literally taken a franchise that had first-round picks and superstar hockey players and made them suck. Yeah, exactly. Um. I think that's going to do it for the show this this week. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Court. As always, good to be back after my little hiatus. Um, uh, please go to uh, Apple Podcasts or any of your podcatchers that you currently use. Toronto Zach Hyman will have a hearing today for interference on Charlie McAvoy. It was just announced. Breaking, no Breaking news. news. So that means he will be getting something. And That's breaking good. news, this is my last show for a month. Yes, yes. So of 2018. Rob, yeah. Rob has expelled all black and gold productions um, bank accounts and uh, <laughs> is going on a month trip to Poland. So I wish it was I just drained your bank account. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, but please give us a, a five-star rating and, and write something nice about us or don't. Um, we would appreciate that as, as uh, Apple iTunes and, and po- Apple Podcasts. Uh, we want to get a better rating and climb up those boards, so we need your help. Uh, also, don't forget, holidays are up. Check out the Fanatics banner on the website, blackandgoldhockey.com. Do all your Christmas shopping for all those sports fanatics out there. And... Um, That'll do it. Uh, please stay tuned for the uh, prospect 
second hour prospect talk. Drew Johnson is back for his NCAA Bruins coverage, so uh, we'll be back with that. But again, thank you guys uh, for another solid week, and I look forward to talking to you during the the upcoming week and uh, in next weekend. So, and and Rob, have fun, have fun spending. Oh, all don't our, worry. Have fun spending all our money and everything. I, I will. I really will. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again, and uh, take care, everybody. Puck gets under the skate of Nikki Petty, and Jack Stadnika, shorthanded breakaway, scores! Tucks it in underneath Cole Cece, and it's a 1-0 Oshawa lead. Now McLeod mishandles, and Donato tries to make a pay. Here's Donato. In deep, Ryan Donato. In front, and that's Fred Frederick on the one-time redirect. Frederick with his fourth, and Team USA now up 8-2. to Hey guys, I'm back with the uh, Boston Bruins prospect update for the week of December 2nd to December 8th, 2018. Stopping in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins. The Providence Bruins played in four games last week, starting with an afternoon tilt against the Atlantic Division-leading Charlotte Checkers on Sunday, December 2nd, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island, losing in overtime with a score of 3-2. Jordan Swores and Trent Frederick were the, Boston, were the Bruins' goal scorers, and Zane McIntyre stopped a whopping 44 or 47 shots in the extra session loss. McIntyre also got an assist in the game when he figured into the third period goal from Frederick. Game two of the week had the Providence Club on the road in Toronto, Ontario at the Coca-Cola Coliseum on Wednesday, December 5th to play against the last year's Calder Cup winning team, Toronto Marlies. The Bruins walked out of Toronto with a 5-0 shutout of the Marlies with Bruins goals coming from Zach Senechin who netted Two, number six and seven on the year, Jordan Swartz, who scored his sixth, Carson Coleman, who got his third, and finally, Anders Bjork, who got his first AHL goal of the, of the year since his demotion from the NHL. Goaltender Dan Vodar got the 35-save shutout in his second of his AHL career. Game number three of the week had the Providence team in Rochester, New York at the Blue Cross Arena on Friday, December 7th to play the home Rochester Americans. Unfortunately, the Bruins couldn't recover from the quick start to the game, being down 2 to nothing after the first period and would lose the game in regulation 2-1. to one. The only Bruins goal of the night would come from Zach Sinitian, who netted his eighth of the year. Zane McIntyre was in goal on this night, stopping 25 of 27 shots in the losing effort. Game number four of the week was on Saturday, December 8th at the CAA Arena in Belleville, Ontario to play the Belleville Senators. The Bees did all they could to stay in the game, but their efforts came up short, losing to the top minor pro affiliate of the NHL's Ottawa Senators by the score of 3-2. Bruins' goals came from Zach Senechin, who scored his ninth, of the year, and defenseman Connor Clifton, who scored his first of the season. Goaltender Dan Vladar stopped 20 of 23, send shots in the loss. Honorable mentions for the week, Zach Senechin had four goals last week and is currently on a three-game point streak 
which ties a career high. Anders Bjork has four points in four games since his demotion to the Providence Club. Goaltender Dan Vladar is 5-5-1 on the season with a 2.47 goals against average and a .910 save percentage in 12 games. Goaltender Zane McIntyre is 6-5-3 with a goals against average of 3.08 and a .882 save percentage in 14 games this season. The Providence team who started the season in the basement of the Atlantic Division have been playing much better as a team in rising up the division ranks. As I record this on Sunday, December 9th, the Bees have a 11-10-4 record after 25 games and sit in the fifth position in the division. Even though they lost the last two games, they are 6-2-2 two two in their last 10 games. The Providence team gets back to work on Wednesday night, December 12th, to finish up the current four-game road trip with a battle against the Utica Comets. On Friday, December 14th, the Bees return home to the Dunk to play the Bridgeport Sound Tigers and finish up the upcoming week's action again at the Dunk on Saturday, December 15th, as they welcome the Hershey Bears. Going down to the Ontario Hockey League, the Oshawa Generals. Bruins prospect forward Jack Stadnika played in three games last week, scoring a goal on Sunday, December 2nd, against the Windsor Spitfires and added another goal on December 7th against the Mississauga Steelheads. In 29 games this season, Captain Jack has 12 goals, 21 assists for 33 points, and is on pace to break his career high of 72 points he got last season. Oshawa goaltender and Bruins prospect Kyle Kaiser is also one to watch for breaking career numbers. In 23 games played this season, the Coral Springs, Florida native has a 15-5 record with two shutouts, a 2.34 goals against average, and a .931 save percentage. In his last 10 games, the netminder is 8-2 and is on the OHL, is one of the OHL's better goaltenders. Starting the year ranked 38th, Kyle has worked hard and currently ranked second in the league, right behind Michael DiPietro, who recently got traded uh, from Windsor to the um, Ottawa 67s. And that is it. That's all I have for the the prospect update. Uh, just going back a little bit to talk about Providence in the American Hockey League. They, for the past couple of seasons, they have really started off uh, on the wrong end of the division. But it's trending that every December they start to wake up and, and really turn things around. So uh, they have been playing much better as of late really cohesing as a team um, and, and, and playing well. I think Jay Leach, head coach in Trent Midfield, really whipped these guys into, into shape. And, uh, and it, you know, it could be, this could be the start of a, of a decent run, uh, one that uh, got them starting around the same time this year, last year uh, and, and it got them to the, uh, the call the cup playoffs. But um, it remains to be seen. So... Uh, with that being said, I just wanted to update that. And and uh, next up is uh, the NCAA Bruins uh, campus report with uh, Drew Johnson. So thank you very much. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Goal! And Zach Parisi. 
We're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Hey guys, it's Drew Johnson here with another report on the Bruins NCAA prospects. Uh, Once again, we'll be taking a look uh, at the four prospects Boston currently has in college hockey. Uh, That is Jack Becker, Cameron Clark, Curtis Hall, and Jeremy Swayman. Uh, It's been two weeks since our last report, uh, so we're going to be going over the last two weeks of action for these guys. Uh, Jack Becker, we'll start with him. He had a great game against Michigan State on uh, November 30th. He tallied a goal and a primary assist. Uh, The goal, which gave Michigan a 2-1 lead in the second period, was his fourth of the year. And uh, it was a really impressive one. Kind of proved that the little things are are really important. He skated down the right wing with the puck, uh, or down the right wing while the puck was at the point, I should say. Uh, And he went around the net so he could separate himself from the defenseman. Uh, and the defenseman was kind of caught napping on that. He followed him for a bit and then just went to the front of the net. But uh, yeah, Becker beat him to the po- uh, to that point and just deflected a goal uh, on a slap shot, too, uh, to give his team the 2-1 lead. Um, and the assist was a, a scoring chance for Becker uh, at, the left, at the left hash mark. Found a bouncing puck and had half the cage wide open. But since the puck was bouncing, he wasn't able to corral it. Uh, whiffed on the shot, but luckily a, uh, a teammate was able to skate by, pick it up, and capitalize. Uh, and you know, that just looking at the play, I think if the puck was flat out, Becker could have done that blindfolded and got a goal. I could have got a goal on that play. Just the net was wide open, goalie way out of position. Uh, but unfortunately, the puck was bouncing. Still still got to uh, rack up a point there. Unfortunately, it was in a losing effort uh, as Michigan State uh, beat Michigan 4-3. Uh, to three. Uh, but Becker uh, certainly showed uh, a lot in that game. Uh, was probably one, definitely one of the best players on the Wolverines uh, during that game. Uh, maybe only outdone by Vancouver Canucks uh, prospect Quinn Hughes. Uh, he tallied three assists on the night. Um, in the next three games, however, uh, going back to December 1st and then this past weekend, uh, Becker was silent, uh, didn't have any production. Uh, he took a two-minute minor for interference, uh, only time he <laughs> got, on the, uh, got on the stat sheet um, against Minnesota. Um, and, you know, being a sophomore and a seventh-round pick, Becker isn't exactly expected to wow us with uh, offensive production. Uh, he is on pace to meet his totals from last season, which was uh, eight goals and seven assists. Um, And it looks like he's shooting a lot more. He has 57 shots this season in 17 games. And uh, comparing that to his freshman year where he shot the puck 64 times in 33 games, uh, we could see uh, an uptick in his production uh, goals-wise, which would be nice. Like I said, he's on pace to meet that about halfway through the season now with four goals. He's on pace to meet those eight goals, but... Um, he, he's been hot as of late, uh, you know, he had a slow start to the season, 
He only scored his first goal on November 3rd, so he went the whole month of October without a goal. Um, And then just recently, uh, from November 16th to uh, November 30th, he scored three goals and three assists, uh, and that's in, what, one, two, three, four, five games. He has six points, so uh, hopefully he can keep that up and extend that into the the, uh, next year as a... A lot of the teams are going on break now, uh, give their t- uh, students time to study for finals and resume in the new year. Um, now we're going to jump over to uh, Cameron Clark. Uh, he didn't see any production uh, during a weekend in Alaska, uh, but when he was uh, he played against Bowling Green, uh, Ferris State did this past weekend, and he tallied an assist in each game. Uh, both of which came during the clutch times of uh, the third period. Uh, kind of similar to Becker, uh, although he is a fifth-round pick, he's still not expected to blow us away offensively. Uh, besides the fact that he's a defenseman, he's a two-way defender, uh, he just seems to you know, snag some helpers here and there. Uh, he only has two col- uh, goals in his college career thus far, one in his freshman year and the other in his sophomore year. He's now halfway through his junior year. Uh, and he has six assists and no goals, uh, though he's taken 21 shots. So definitely not expected to be a, a top producer for uh, for Fair State on the on the back end. But uh, definitely encouraging to see him racking up some assists and, uh, you know, playing a good two way game. Uh, moving on to Curtis Hall, who uh, is a freshman at Yale. He did not play this past weekend. Uh, there aren't any reports on why Hall wasn't in the lineup, uh, but hopefully it wasn't an injury, of course, uh, but rather just giving a freshman some time off to see a couple games from the bleachers uh, or just, you know, some training, uh, some maintenance time. Uh, on the weekend of November 30th and December 1st, however, Hall got time on the first line. Uh, the last I had actually seen him was during the Friendship Four and he was playing on the third line. So it was a uh, Good to see that he's getting time on that first line, getting some minutes. Unfortunately, he didn't see any production uh, despite playing alongside Tyler Welsh and Tyler Pearson, uh, both of whom are top five in production for Yale this season. So a little discouraging that he wasn't able to get anything done uh, with those two wingers, but um, it's just good to see that they're giving him a look on the first line. Uh, like I said, no reports out there on why he was missing up, uh, missing from the lineup this past weekend, but uh Hopefully it isn't an injury and just some sort of maintenance uh, maintenance time. Um, moving on, last but not least, Jeremy Swayman is now five seven and two on the season, appearing in all fourteen uh, all fourteen of Maine's regular season games thus far. Uh, he had a really rough outing, uh, which we touched upon in uh, in the last report uh, against Quinnipiac. Um, but this uh, more, more recently, on uh, November 30th and December 1st, Swayman took the ice in Vermont for a weekend series. Uh, he snagged a win in the first matchup. He only gave uh, gave up one goal on 35 shots, so definitely impressive outing for Swayman. Uh, the game required overtime, so it was a definite close battle. Um, you know, Swayman keeping his team in the game, keeping the tie. Uh, he wasn't forced to make any saves in the uh, in the extra period. Uh, so he did net the win. I believe it was uh, under two minutes into the overtime period that Maine got the uh, the winning goal. Uh, in the second of the two matchups with Vermont, Swayman held on for a tie. He gave up three goals on 40 shots. Um, and Swayman currently has a 2.91 goals against average and a .913 save percentage on the year. 
Uh, it's definitely, you know, not the most impressive stat line, especially compared to his freshman year, uh, which was a 2.72 goals against average and a 0.21 save percentage. Um, although only a little bit better, but you, you know, you would like to see him on pace to improve upon those freshman stats. Uh, right now, he's below those. Um, but it's worth noting that he, he hasn't been getting much help from his offense thus far. In nine of Maine's 14 games, the Black Bears have failed to score more than two goals. And, you know, if you're not getting that support from your offense, uh, how do you expect to, you know, net those wins? Uh, there have been plenty of games where, uh, where Swayman has definitely been good, uh, you know, giving up only two to three goals. But uh, his offense just hasn't been able to get it done. Um and, you know, those, those losses uh, where some of them anyway were Maine failed to score more than two goals. Those came against teams like Minnesota Duluth, BU, UMass Lowell and Quinnipiac, all of whom have some pretty threatening offenses. Uh, like I said, that's just not going to cut it. Um, but uh, some of Swayman's performances this season have definitely been concerning. He's given up seven goals on two different occasions and he gave up five goals on another occasion. Um, like I said, during his freshman campaign, he had a 2.72 goals against average and a 0.921 save percentage. Uh, he went 15, 12 and three with one shutout. Uh, you know, Maine, like, uh, the rest of the teams are, uh, taking a few weeks off for finals and the holidays. Uh, after that, we'll see if Swayman can kind of get back on track into a groove, uh, see some more consistency and, you know, get some help from his offense, uh, you know, it'd be great to see his, uh, him get his record above 500 like it was last season. Uh, as I stated earlier, his record right now is 5-7-2. and two. Um, But that just about wraps it up. Uh, and uh, I think it's worth mentioning, uh, this will actually be the last Bruins NCAA prospect report until the new year. Uh, like, as I stated, the schools give their student-athletes a week off to study for finals, and then they're off for break. Um the only player that will be playing next weekend is Cameron Clark with uh, Ferris State. Um, so definitely uh, stay posted for updates on him. Uh, I'll be tweeting it, and uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, many of us here at Black and Gold that will be uh, following his performance there. Uh, anyway, guys, it's been fun, and I'll uh, see you in the new year. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at courtlalonde, and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.